David Lugo. Hello. Uh, well, what's new, man? Um, oh, you know, just kind of, you know what I did, actually? I totally forgot about this, and I literally mm-hmm. just finished. Uh, I What'd you do? did a museum tour today. I got my oh, little station go? and talked about some icons. It was really cool. It was, I mean, obviously it was weird because of the Rona. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was cool. I learned a lot about these icons that we got in our sacristy and got to talk about them. Oh, cool. So you are at that. a school that has a museum, yeah, huh? just like our old one. But anyway, what else is new? What else is going on? I mean, same old, just trying to do class. I think we're going to move to 100% in person. 100%. Can you believe it? Oof, why? Why is that? Why are you guys doing that? Everybody else is. Peer pressure. Ah, oh, jeez. Yeah, my mom is telling me that at her school in Houston, they're moving to full full in person. Yeah, I guess you got my to. My little you know. sister was telling you me that to. the high school that we went to is not only are they moving to all in person, but they're mm-hmm. stopping. Are they going further? Yeah, they literally are. They are no longer offering remote learning, period. Was that, are you guys doing remote learning? Oh, yeah. I mean, if kids are legitimately like immunocompromised or whatever, then they can't come. Hmm. Wow. Jeez. Well, okay. All right. So that's good. You guys are going full on in person. Full on. I love it. Yeah. We've been uh, we've been full on in person here in Spain, uh, though the city is currently moving into uh, restricted lockdown stuff. So like we're not doing full lockdown where you can't leave your house, but the city has moved into a you can't leave your municipality. So that's like, you know, if you live like, for example, you live in a city called Houston, Texas, but I think you may actually be very close to Bel Air, Texas. I think I live in is, Bel Air. So if, so if this were to be in place there, you wouldn't be able to travel into Houston. Ooh. What What's being re- restricted here? So like, uh, even though it's just right across the street, you can't go to a different municipality. So Well, I if... live in Chinatown, so that's at least I've got good restaurants. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, hey, so we're kind of a little crunched for time today. So why don't we just jump right into what we wanted to talk about? Yeah. So why don't you tell me why we decided to do something and then and then stopped? <laughs> Okay, so you and I had decided to do the 100 best movies according to Wikipedia of all time. Yeah. Um, And I am still down for that. And we actually had a movie picked out. Um, But then we have a friend who told me she saw this documentary. And then I've heard a few people talk about this documentary. Uh, But then I also remember that you and I like talking about digital minimalism. We like talking about tech. And I thought, hey, this is kind of a good sort of relevant, you know, (laughs) item in the culture that... Relevance... Well, okay, yeah, but in the sense that like people are, people are currently watching it, and it touches on topics yeah. that you and I really much care about, and so yeah, 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 um, for sure, for sure. And also on top of that, I was gonna show it. So I, I'm the my house job this year is to we have a Friday night movie night in the house where everyone is invited Ooh. to come watch a movie together. Um, uh-huh. It's not mandatory, of course, but I I put on the movie, so I pick a movie and I and I. Just, put it on and I make popcorn and make drinks and all that. It's kind of fun. Anyway, this week I was going to stream this one anyway. And I thought, Hey, this is kind of a good two birds with one stone. Um, oh, I see. Do you think that would be a good idea? What? Well, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. Okay. So what, um, what is this movie that we watched? So we saw, uh, it is a documentary, but it's strange because it's done well in terms of it, not just being talking heads. Um, it's called it's the a social drama. It's a docudrama. That's a new concept for me. It's called <laughs> The Social Dilemma. 
uh, and it streams on Netflix. And it was in the it was in a movie festival. I think Sundance in February is when it was first put out. But then Netflix picked it up when the pandemic hit, and yeah. it went straight straight to streaming. So it's a Netflix. It's claimed to be a Netflix original, which is typical of Netflix. You know, uh, <laughs> they they buy something and Mine. they just put their name on it. Yeah. Mine. Um. So anyway, yeah. So what were your what What are your hot takes? What do you think about it? Yeah, you know, uh, this is, this is a. I mean, spoiler alert, something... right? I mean. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean it's called the social dilemma, so I think that's the spoil all the spoiler you need. Right. Um, I mean, I certainly encourage anybody listening to watch it first, but it's yeah. gonna be we're gonna be talking about you know social media and the impact that it has on the world. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, I so yeah, I don't think that anybody could not like this, not like this. Nobody, anybody, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> you've got to you've got to pay attention to what they're trying to say here. Yeah, like yeah. it's just too important. Okay, have getting that out of the way. There were a lot of things that I found kind of frustrating okay. about it. Um, you know, yes, this is a, an important thing that we need to be talking about that we're not talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, but like the way in which they were talking. I I just found maybe this was just me, but I just kind of kind of found frustrating. Like, for example, the very beginning, you know, they asked them. I don't even remember what that question was. Like, what's the problem here? Yeah. Oh, that's that's it. That's what what is the real problem here? And mm-hmm. like, yeah. the answer to that is kind of obvious, but none of them could say it. Is it obvious? People are the problem. We are the we are the problem. People, human nature, we suck. Hmm. Like, and if your whole worldview is so person centric, then you're going to have a hard time saying that. Uh, hold on. But that's not what they were asking. Their problem, their, they weren't asking what's wrong with this on a like metaphysical level. Like, because we are obviously all sinners and we're all broken. So, like, if I were to ask you, for example, what's wrong with the American political machine? You could obviously go to that 30,000 foot level and say, well, human nature is what's wrong with it. Well, but that's not yeah. what the question is. The question is, what's wrong with it? Like, that's like, what? <laughs> well, how can we fix it? Precisely. <laughs> like, I think that's, but I think you have to start there. Uh-huh. And I don't think anybody is. Because as they said, there are so many really good things that are coming. None of them went out to say, I'm going to create this this system of inequality that's going to really screw over a lot of people and uh-huh. cause mass amounts of suicide and depression among young people. Like right. not, that was nowhere on anybody's radar. Sure, sure. They were thinking, hey, let's connect people. Let's be have a platform where people can uh, can share videos and photos and be connected mm-hmm. with their family that they haven't talked to in 30 years. Right, Like right. there's a lot of really, really, really good stuff that's come from this. And that was the intention, uh, right? Technology at large. Technology at large is like that. But when you start asking what the problem is, like it's not the thing itself. Like you don't mm-hmm. blame Facebook. You don't even really blame the creator because it's there is no one, as they said, there is really no one person. Like uh-huh. that's not the problem either. The problem is we suck at using things well. That's literally the point of Genesis. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, okay. But I, okay, so I think you've jumped a little further ahead from what the documentary I think is actually trying to to get at because what you are describing here is what we preach about as priests which is conversion and redemption but they're asking a, a question about what can we actually do to fix this tool that is being that is affecting us badly so like 
it's not just what can we do to become saints it's what can we do to fix this particular problem that's before us and that part of that is yeah. diagnosing what the problem is so like if your car isn't running you're not going to say well the problem with this car is that we live in a fallen world and things don't work out like they should be no you say that the carburetor is broken or something <laughs> you know yeah but david that's literally how the exercises start we've got to recognize what the problem is and we are part of the problem like okay. if you're not willing to recognize that then we can't then we can't you know start to pinpoint where you know we can see some of the symptoms sure yeah. but if we're never willing to go down to the root of the problem then but see, okay, so at the end of the at the end of the documentary, the guy that was kind of the main talking head did say that what he could summarize as the problem was the absence of objective truth. That there was yeah. that that's sort of one of the fundamental problems here is that the tool has become something that in the hands of people who can create falsehood and turn it into truth. Like that's that's the problem here. Now I think your root problem is that doing that is a sin, and sin comes out from a fallen human nature. So of course there's a further layer down beneath, but that's not the purview of the CEO of Facebook to fix. That's the purview of Jesus Christ to fix. But like, what can the Facebook CEO do to fix this problem? Like that's, and I think that where they got to was that bedrock problem of creating and tailoring content for the sake of manipulating users like that's the real problem um now I mean, you want to go down a, a layer beneath that to get to the the core issue which is of course always human nature but i'm not sure what the point of doing that is like what's the point of you pointing that out like why do you care like in this conversation why would it matter for them to get to that level like why isn't it enough to say they're just manipulating data for the sake of use and profit why is that not because down farther enough because we see what that what that has like that's been what they've uh that's what they've been doing hmm. like all of this is profit driven all of this is uh, a business model like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the person is not considered and they say that multiple times like the person is the product the person right. isn't the person isn't the 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 uh, the consumer the person isn't the you know whatever right like right. they're selling people you. they're selling yeah. ideas they're selling right um all of that and I just can't, I mean, yeah, maybe this, maybe this is, you know, just the, um, my own particular religious viewpoint on this, but like, like I'm you said it earlier, we're working towards for that con conversion experience, sure, but there's gotta sure. be a reason. There's gotta be a reason. Like, what are yeah. we, I why guess do I, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, if there is no reason, then why do that? <laughs> no, totally. So like, I, I mean, I agree with you on a fundamental level. I guess I'm trying to think about why... What would someone who is not a religious person say is the problem? Because this is a problem that's universally seen by people in this industry who presumably are everything from very religious to, to non-religious people. And so they also see a problem, which is the manipulation of people uh, and tailoring people towards uh, profit and p political manipulation. And so I guess like even there, there's like a... Like when you originally started talking, you were talking about how fallen human nature leads to these kinds of behaviors. But another angle maybe that is a little bit more humanistic and less religious is one that says we're manipulating human persons and that is intrinsically bad for us to do, which is what that woman said with the crazy hair. That woman that worked at, at Harvard, she said something about <laughs> like, uh, 
we should prohibit this industry just like we prohibited the slave trade and prohibited human organ trafficking because this takes the human person and commodifies the person into something that we barter and trade. So I think, I mean, that might be common ground between the religious person and the person that is just interested in saying, hey, human people are not objects. Um, yeah. I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, I just maybe it's my lack of understanding in the in the secular, the humanistic realm. But like, I mean, why? I, could, I'm, I mean, OK, yeah, like we're talking about this now. Because we've seen, you know, the explosion, the epidemic of, of suicide and depression right. and disorders, like disorder upon disorder. Like, yeah. we're, we're now seeing the damage that's been done. But, like, earlier on, when the signs were there, it's like, oh, well, you know, it's not that bad, so let's just keep going. Yeah. Well, hey, it's so... Like, I, I have a problem when, when we only make a decision like that when, like... Like it's just too it's too much of a performative um, measure of of personhood, basically. Like this is you're only a problem once you start having problems. Yeah. That's yeah. weird. Well, at least I mean, but we can be grateful that there's at least a problem that's being recognized. Sure. You know. Sure. Um, now I will say here's here's sort of like a proposal. Uh, I'm gonna get into some of the details of the movie of the documentary in a second, but like one of the things that I think would would be interesting as a thought experiment is if and maybe I could just ask you specifically as a person, if let's say Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, what else do you use? Uh, yeah, those three, let's say, and Reddit, those four, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit, if each of those was a subscription-based platform, would you use them? Uh, YouTube is subscription. YouTube is but not subscription. Version. They have a free version. <laughs> so like if, if there was no free version, but if, if you wanted to use this service, you had to pay into it, would you do it like Netflix? I mean, we yeah, we pay for I pay for Prime, mm-hmm. I pay for uh, well, that's the only one I pay for. But we use Netflix, we use Hulu, like yeah, we do that, we pay for that. Yeah, I guess the reason I ask it as a thought experiment is because it's one of the main lines of this documentary is that if you don't, and I think this is a really good insightful thing. And I talked to a friend today who lives with me who used to work for a tech company. He said that's kind of a gold standard is that if you don't pay for this thing, then you are the thing being sold. Um, yeah. And I appreciated that sort of pithy way of phrasing all of this is that I don't pay for Twitter. I don't pay for Instagram. I don't pay for Facebook. And so I must be the product then, which is not I, I mean, I'll say this, Jonathan, in general about this documentary. Nothing that was said here was new for me. Like I, I knew everything that was being said. Maybe the only thing yeah. that was new and I imagine the same thing is true for you. The only thing that was probably new was that like sites like Instagram can time how long I watch a particular post. I didn't know that. <laughs> um, uh, but anyway, all that is to say that like, if as a thought experiment goes, like if I were to be told for Instagram, you need to pay five bucks a month, would you do it? I'd be less inclined to do so. You know, I'd be probably more apprehensive, but then it might actually eliminate a lot of these problems because then it's a, you buy in, God bless you. You might buy into then this platform and you know what's being done with your data. Yeah. Now it's just all secrecy, yeah. you know? Yeah. You know, I think there's, I mean, especially if you're buying in, then you've got your, well, you're clearly more bought in on that level, but you, yeah, I don't know. What would the terms of service look like for a paid subscription versus a free subscription? Like, would they be more likely to be somewhat more transparent if you're giving them money? Chances are that the answers, the chances are that is that no, because I (laughs) click, I click, I agree on any, you know, terms of service anyway, you know? Um, okay. 
So let's zoom out for a second and let's just talk about the documentary before, maybe by the end of this, we can say what we generally would say is like a thumbs up or thumbs down. I, I would just tell you right off the bat, I was really annoyed by the way that this documentary was made. Um, everyone kept talking about how like creative it was and everything. I thought that the way it was made was very much indicative of the problem that they're trying to diagnose, which is that yeah. like everything was scattered and fast paced and no real time to digest anything. And then there was this mixture of documentary and drama and it kind of got to the point where I was confused about what was true and what was false. Like, yeah. like that fantasy thing of like the three men uh, being the AI inside of this kid's oh, phone. Yeah. Like, I started to wonder, is what they're doing symbolic of what really happens? Like, <laughs> like does the AI actually fake the three dots the person is typing right now to get me uh -huh. to respond? bond and to look at the screen like now i don't know what the answer to that is but the documentary leaves it unclear to where i felt myself very frustrated because the documentary was i think falling victim to the very thing it was critiquing which is that it's kind of manipulating my own my own understanding of what the reality is like i'm left not really sure what the truth is here because i have real people talking to me straight into the camera and then i have these dramatic things that kind of maybe exaggerate a little bit or maybe don't exaggerate i don't really know um anyway as a general statement of the way this was made i found that to be a little bit annoying yeah i i found it and this is a this is one of my big frustrations you know like okay and we've talked about this before you know when any any time millennials enter the conversation as like a subject uh it just becomes ludicrous like oh millennials are just they don't know what they want they're just on their phones all the time blah 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 that's like well i mean okay that's true <laughs> to an extent but we're not the only ones who are struggling with this and i find mm -hmm. that things like this try to paint this really untrue picture that that millennials and zoomers or whatever they're called are the only ones struggling here i mean mm. look at facebook for crying out loud. That's yeah, it's not people. millennials. It's not millennials on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. everybody is struggling with this. And that's, I and I find that that's another. Um, Element of this documentary. That's another. Well, yeah. that's, that's, that's just something that we're not paying attention to. And we're, unfortunately, I don't think we're going to come to a solution if we're not willing to look at the, the real problem here. Right, right. Which is that it's not just the affliction of the young. You know, it's uh -huh. not the, the coronavirus for the young. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a human problem, right? But did you get a sense that the documentary was was focusing on millennials as the problem? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did. I mean, they're the ones. You know, when I wrote this down in my notes, you know that scene where the mom gets that lockbox mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the daughter freaks out and smashes it. Right. Right. Uh, and then the son, who is young Sean in Psych, by the way, <laughs> uh, I texted that to you. Mm -hmm. Uh, when he went to get his phone, it was broken. Right. Like I found that to be very a very powerful scene. Like we're gonna we're gonna get what we want at any cost, including the destruction of what you have. Mm. Uh, like that mm. that one that one kind of hit. Sure. And again, sure. that's not a millennial problem. That's a person problem. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Good. So talk to me about other things, other things in the documentary that really stood out to you that really maybe made you start thinking or made you question some things. 
well, I will say that young Sean from Psych was way too bald to be a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> okay, very good, very good. <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, t- to the point that I've been trying to make, like, you know, we've spent such a long time, really everything... Well, I shouldn't say this. Okay, we've spent a long time kind of dehumanizing people to a certain extent, like treating people like objects and not mm-hmm. as people, mm-hmm. like as mm-hmm. means to the end. Right. Uh, and and I just, I'm always surprised that we are surprised when we've spent so long dehumanizing people that we stop acting like humans. Like, what did you think was going to happen? Mm. <laughs> uh, and so I kind of found that here, you know, there's, um, you know, we get so familiar with the tech, we get so familiar with the way that we speak online that that kind of becomes the norm. And then, and then our, our psychological selves start to break down. Well, like, yeah, duh. Mm. Of course that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Um, good. Yeah. That's so, so did you react visually at any point, uh, to like information that you didn't know? Was there anything new to you in this documentary? Um, I don't think so. One of the things that I did, that I did find interesting, they didn't, this is my, my own, um, paraphrase that at one point, I don't remember when, when it was, but they started talking about how we're waiting for this, you know, the, the takeover of AI, you know, this dystopian future that we see in movies all the time. And I wrote down in my notes, we're waiting for Skynet, but Skynet is already here. Mm-hmm. Like it's already kind of happened. They said uh, that though. They said that. Did they say Skynet? No, they said they said the to your point. They said we keep thinking that we're fearing the day that AI will take over, but AI has yeah. already taken over. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I said. Uh, and so that was, I mean, yeah, like that's not something that we think about because we're expecting, and this is part of again part of the machine that that we're fighting against. Like we're being told, we're being lulled by the evil spirit to say, oh well you know, you still got to be afraid of what's to come, what you don't know. Don't look at what's happening right now. That's mm. fine. You're right. good. Right. But be afraid. Mm-hmm. And like, no, man, we have to stop and look around and look at what we've got and realize right. that we're already there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we are. Um, did you find yourself at any point, like after watching it that you felt like I need to rethink the way I do social media? Um, not really. I mean, so here's the thing. You know this, uh, and I've said this many times, like I actively try to, um, and this is actually a point where we disagree. Um, I try to like take weekends off of social media, for example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not great at it and I fail a lot of the time. And I think that's to the point of the, of the documentary. Like it's just so ingrained. Like I take my phone out of my pocket and all of a sudden I'm on Twitter. Like, how did that happen? Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, but I think trying to put those limits is something that's important that we don't do. Mm. You know, it's you're, it's all in or nothing. Right. And like, right. okay, this kid trying to take a week off, which he failed, of social media. It's like, yeah. well, I mean, f- fine, do that, I guess. But, you know... Why again? Why? Like, what's the point of that? If it's not something that you're, tr- if it's not, if you're not trying to change the way that you, that you are, like, what's the point of taking a week off of anything? Hmm. 
I guess I just don't see that. And so like when, you know, and this happens in religious all in religious life all the time. Like uh, that's a big struggle that I've got with Lent. You know, people decide that, oh, well, once a year I'm going to fast from this thing. Right. It's like, right. well, cool, you know, awesome. Like, right. But why? Why are you right. doing that if it's not something that you're actually trying to change about yourself? So I'm all mm-hmm. all in on the more frequent, you know, and in little ways, like I, you know, I try to keep the Friday fast, even though that's, it is still in the books. Okay. But even though, though it's not as obligatory as it was in the past, like it's still a good thing to practice fasting on a regular basis. And yeah. I think this is a big side effect of what happens when we don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think like for me, I used to have, and it started with Lent one year because I did want to moderate my social media intake and then watching, watching this documentary didn't really scare me because I knew a lot of this stuff already, but also it was like, I also don't want to react with the, let's just delete all of my social media apps because that kind of binary, it's all or nothing. Like that guy with the, with the dreads in the documentary, um, that freaked me out. Me too. Like, I think that he, he was a little bit alarmist. I thought he had some good points, a little bit alarmist. Um, I don't really think that the all or nothing is a really good, healthy, spiritual discipline. This, I will never do X or I will always do Y. It's like, short of it being sinful, okay, like I totally get never sinning. But like, if I have something that is not intrinsically evil or bad or disordered in any sort of way, then like, okay, it's a tool. So how can I use it well? And so in, in, in Lent one year, I gave up some social media and I came back with, with an hour limit on each one. And I tried to keep that for a while and it eventually I got rid of it just because I got tired of it. But one thing I've never done is say, can I take a, like a day off? Like, could I fast on Fridays from social media? Like, I think that that might actually be a better fast for me than trying to limit my daily. Because my daily hour became just sort of like a, a begrudging thing where I was like, well, okay, this kind of sucks, but I guess I got to stop. Instead, it's like, okay, can I be intentional about dedicating some time to sacrifice for the sake of the Lord, for the sake of my own, you know, freedom from uh, some sort of disordered attachment? Like, I can totally get behind that because I agree with you. Like, fasting for fasting state sake, I'm not really sure has much value um, in and of itself, you know? Um yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting that we're starting to see this in the secular world. Like, there's a lot of people on Twitter that have started taking, uh, like, a month off, like, a regular, like, I'm going to, like, a little Lent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's I've noticed it at least, and I, th- I find it fascinating that we're still, like, it's so obvious that we are religious people, that we're seeking something, that we're seeking yeah. God. Yeah. All the, and this goes back to my point about um, dehumanizing people. We're trying to remove the idea of God from our from our world. All the while, we're trying to search for God. Yeah. It's like we're just shooting ourselves in the foot at every single turn. Mm. Are we so surprised that we are this kind of twisted? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, there is there's sort of like a a human desire for the transcendent, where you have even yeah. non-religious people taking taking breaks um yeah you know that's that's good you read i think you read i think we reviewed it on this show ready player one oh yeah we talk about that yeah we reviewed the movie uh yeah and you read the book too right oh yeah 
one of the things, and I didn't even think about this until this morning when I was thinking about the documentary. Uh, one of the things that I remembered from that, from liking about the book and disliking from the movie is the very end. So spoiler alert for Ready Player One, skip ahead 10 minutes or whatever. Um, the very end in the book, they stopped going into the AI or the VR like mm-hmm. once once a week, like two days mm-hmm. a week mm-hmm. as just kind of, yeah, that's what happens when you don't need it like that anymore. Like you've grown, you've had that experience, uh, that conversion, and now you're different. And so uh-huh. you treat things differently than you did before. Like I thought they did that beautifully. But in the movie, it was like, okay, he won and then mandated that nobody can be on the game, you know, for those two days a week. Like mm. you've just changed it from being uh, a choice that these people have made based on their experience, um, the right choice and the, the that showed growth to now being a, uh, a forced submission to my yeah. will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I yeah. find like that's part for me, that's part of the distinction from these, some of the, the way that these people talk about, you know, getting rid of social media, getting rid of or getting off of social media. Like, yeah. is this... Uh, and this goes back to my question of why do this if it's not for, um, for the betterment of you as a person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No. Totally. Hey, on a on a completely unrelated note, I just wanted to mention two things that I thought were kind of strange. Uh, one is that I thought it was strange that Netflix produced this, and Netflix <laughs> is yeah. guilty of doing this, um, but they produced it. So like, it's not a social yeah. media platform, but they very much harvest data about their users yeah oh yeah oh yeah Uh, and i mean they they are in a sense that they they are the reason that we binge watch shows now oh totally (laughs) and shows they they shows shows are made agendas yeah and shows that are pushing agendas you know so like you know there's this all this controversy around cuties which is this show that i've never seen but you know there's all this controversy around it pushing a certain agenda that people would rather not pay for obviously you know um and so i just thought that was kind of ironic now also and this is sort of more mature conversation which you don't have to go too deep into but i just it was sort of like a elephant in the room for me was the noticeable absence of the mention of pornography like i Mm, was yeah i was kind of shocked at how little zero conversation around how i mean i don't know what the actual stat is but you know the joke is always that like 90 percent of the internet is pornography (laughs) you know and like how how you can have a conversation around addiction, manipulation, use of human persons for profit, use of human persons for pleasure and manipulation, like all of that conversation and no mention of pornography, which I think is yeah. maybe I'd be willing to say far worse of a problem maybe than even social media. Like social media certainly seems well, to have its problems with with like the political impact which this movie i think made a very good point about like the manipulation of elections and all that um and the polarization of peoples but pornography does something maybe even more nefarious which it i don't know i mean maybe i i have a personal stake in this is that i care a lot about this issue just because i see how much it destroys people in the confessional you know and like i'm just very curious about why that was so absent from this when even if we wanted to say it was only about social media, well, Google is not a social media platform and they were railing against Google too, you know? Um, yeah. So I don't know. I'm just kind of curious as to why that was so absent. 
Yeah. 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 No, that is interesting. And I, and I do, well, I've got a lot of thoughts on that and I'll try to, yeah, go, 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 go. I'll, I'll try to organize them in some, in some way. Um, I mean, money, I think is the ultimate question. You know, that's the reason back in the day why VHS won out over Betamax because the porn industry went on VHS. Hmm. Uh, you know, they're the driving force in a lot of these, in a lot of these conversations. Cause there's so much money in that. Yeah. And that's, and that's one of the things that I really found frustrating about this, about this uh, documentary is like, yeah, they're speaking truth. They're speaking real truth. Like, and that's good. And I'm glad, but like you're saying, there's so much missing and it's so, when you start to notice it, it's so obvious. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why aren't you talking about the, the damage that's being done by pornography? Is it? And I don't think that it is a separate issue. No, not uh, at I all. I think it's part of the same issue. <laughs> Absolutely uh, the same issue. <laughs> yeah. And so like, yeah. And that scared me a little bit. I didn't think of it while I was watching last night, but now that you've mentioned it, it absolutely was, was a glaring omission. Yeah. Um, so yeah, glaring omission. And I can't help, and I can't help but think that it had something to do with, with, with money. Who's paying the bills? Like it's still, yeah. You know, I don't, I'm not trying to say that this is, this is like a cover, you know, they're trying to cover their, their, their butt by making something like this. Sure. You know, sure. Speaking out of both sides of their mouth. Uh, sure. Well, I mean, Hey, I, I, but maybe bar- it is. I'm very quick. I'm very quick to jump on this criticism train because I do think that Netflix is being a little bit hypocritical here and making a documentary that is hosted on their platform, which is built around the same algorithms. Like that's problematic. Like the very last statements around not clicking on on uh, on videos that are recommended on YouTube, you could say the same thing about Netflix. Like it's just not. It's a very odd. It's a very odd hypocrisy in the thing which made me sort of question what's going on here and i i started to kind of wonder like i think the documentary does raise obviously very good questions and alarming and raising the 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 alarm about some very serious personal problems political social economic problems that could lead to catastrophe and may do so and we already see the polarization within the american election cycle um and of course even more fundamental to that to your point from earlier the the instrumentalization of peoples and persons um like absolutely but there's this kind of like veiled netflix not throwing themselves under the bus yeah uh makes me kind of wonder if there's a veiled competition here even with them um of saying like it totally is i mean like consider how many of these companies you know google netflix apple even companies that i really like uh like there's this, they're pretending so hard, so fervently that they are just these bastions of altruism, like mm-hmm. that they're, they're trying to root out evil in their company so that they can be a shining, it's like, no man. And this is a frustration, a legit frustration that I've got for all of these companies. Like it's okay for you to admit that you're, you're there to make money. Like that's what it means to be a business. Yes. And yes. I think when we're afraid to say that, that's when we start getting into these weird situations with like, oh, but Google is supposed to be the good one. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, business is business, man. Yeah. yeah, like, and that's okay. Like, that's what you're supposed to do. Sure, sure. Yeah, <laughs> Name it. No, for sure, for sure. So yeah, I mean, without without beating a dead horse, I mean, I think the porn industry was missing, glaring omission uh, for sure. Um, uh, I, I have two other comments that I think were, were criticisms that I had of this. One was, 
I think that the documentary did a very poor job of ending with hope. Um, there was very little hope in the end and just a yeah. lot of like doomsday, like yeah. the civil war is imminent. Uh, the like the collapse of our economy is imminent. Um, this is a lot of inevitable disaster and cataclysm with very little hope. Yeah. I found that kind of rhetoric to be problematic. Um, for sure, for sure. And it, and it goes think, to what we're talking about earlier with the spirituality of kind of an indifference of like, okay, these yeah. are tools, you know? Um, how do we use them well, uh, for sure? I don't know. I, th yeah, I found that I, alarming. I mean, the very last thing that I put in my notes are is it's a, I wrote Luther to Catholicism. Do we reform or do we destroy? Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. we've got a choice here. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I think again, to that comment that I made earlier about, you know, being frustrated that this is only focused on the millennials, like, okay, I don't want to start a conversation about the boomers, but come on, like, you know how they talk. It's, oh, well, I don't use social media, so this doesn't, this isn't even a problem. It's like, no, man, this is a big problem. And you people do this just as much as we do it. <laughs> you um, people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But seriously, like, I, I just mm. find that this sort of better, holier than thou um, kind of mentality is, is just doing us harm. And the fact of the matter is that there are still lots of boomers in charge of a lot of these um, that are making these decisions. Sure. And so sure. like you've got, you've got regulations happening or lack thereof from people that have no idea what the issues actually are, or don't even, not only do they not know what they are, they don't even care what they are. Mm. Yeah. And like, that's a problem too. And that's why I do agree to a certain extent that, you know, there is kind of some, there is reason to be overly pessimistic about it. But I think the positive side of that is that hopefully very soon we're going to have um, some people in charge that know what they're talking about and yeah. are, are better equipped to yeah. to make some of these regulations. Yeah, and, and I don't know. I, I think I think you're you're missing a very obvious point here is that Facebook is run by someone who's my age, you know, and so right. but they're not the ones creating the regulations surrounding no, no, but the, social but, media. But the problem is, and I think this is one of the things that the documentary was trying to get at, which I think was good, is that there is no regulation. And the that's, absence, and that's of, exactly the that's exactly what I'm trying to say, though. Like that, the people who are supposed to be making regulations are the ones who don't get it. Is is that yeah, what you're saying? We, yeah, you can't police yourself. I see. Well, I think that's one of the things that document did really well is that they were pointing that out. Is that the social media companies ask to police themselves, and the people who are supposed to say no, <laughs> you can't do that. Yeah, um, are failing to do that. I get that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, I, I have two more comments that I I thought were. Uh, worth bringing up one is very briefly i would just say i really appreciated the comment about the difference between newspapers and social media um that it's not correct to say that it's just another change in degree of medium but it's a different yeah. kind of medium yeah. i appreciated that comment because newspapers don't look back at you um whereas <laughs> social media does look back at you I thought that was a very good summary statement of what's going on here that's qualitatively different and not just degrees of difference from previous platforms of, of social media, of, uh, of media. Um, yeah, I would, I would qualify that a little bit because newspapers do to a certain extent, but it's not everybody. Like the, the people that the newspaper looks back at are 
you know, the presidents. They are the CEOs of companies, the, the articles that are being written about. Um, and so there is a conversation in that sense, uh, maybe not so much anymore, but, but I think to your point, like the, the, uh, the, the novelty of social media is that now that's been expanded to literally everybody. Well, and when so I'm on, all yeah. become, we've all become the most important person in the world because everybody is, is looking at me. Yeah, no, no, but that's and not so what it's, I mean. I, and I'm, uh, no, so, what so what, looking what back I, at you? That the, my phone is a window. It's not a mirror. Um, that there is literally an AI watching me watch things. Oh, I that, see. That, that the newspaper was a flat piece of paper that wasn't reading me. I was reading it. But the difference yeah. is that social media is not being read. It's reading. It's reading me. Right. So I think that. Well, I mean, yeah. That's you're tr you're right. I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying, but like you got various pieces of of junk mail depending on which newspaper you ordered. Like there's been targeted advertising since mm. there's been advertising. Yeah. It's not as extreme. Like I'm not I'm not calling you out here. Uh, I think you're right. It's yeah. never been as as extreme, but like it that's always happened and like you know the uh those those grocery store saver cards like <laughs> yeah. those are so that the stores know what you're buying. It's not so mm. that you can save 10 cents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no fair enough. Fair enough. Um I have I mean, one more but to your I... your points your point stands though, I think. Yeah, I, I have one, I have one more comment to make, and then I actually have to cut uh, our conversation a little short here. But I, I gotta get running in a minute. Um, I to end on a positive note. To end on a positive note for me, at least, I was really pleased in the documentary about how they, even though what you're saying about the instrumentalization of human persons is clearly an egregious offense against all things that are holy. Um, I I did appreciate, even though that's not, yeah. It, regardless of that, I did appreciate how there was a focus on like human behavior being manipulated and like the human psyche being valued and and how in a negative is being manipulated but how here they're trying to say that they're using our nature against us like i thought that was a really good acknowledgement of at yeah. least that there is a human nature <laughs> there is you know something that we qualify <laughs> to be human, human nature, nature. Yeah. yeah so i thought that was a really good implicit affirmation of human nature um, for sure that that I thought was worthwhile um, yeah and so generally I did find that there was a favorable description of a desire for human people to be treated with a little bit more respect and dignity um, yeah so anyway that's my, sort of my parting thought I'm not sure do you have any yeah, other no. main things for you no I totally agree and I think that you're right this is a this is an important shift that we need to actively be a part of you know so a couple of things, uh, technology isn't going away. So we can't just pretend that this is going to solve itself, which means that we're going to have to make that shift from humanism to personalism. Yeah. And I think somebody like JP two is going to be hugely important as we move forward. Yeah. Who did a lot with that, uh, with that. Yeah, totally. Um, because again, this isn't going to go away. And so we need to figure out how to do it and how to do it well. Right. You know, you know what's a, a conversation that you and I can probably have at a future date? Uh, I think that one thing that was definitely missing from the episode at the end was, like, I think they just crammed in during the credits, like, practical ways in which people can better engage oh, yeah. their social media. Oh, yeah. No, we like, should absolutely was, talk about that. 
way too rushed at the end of this documentary yeah. where it was almost like yeah. oh we rewatched what we recorded and thought we should probably <laughs> re-record some positive things that people can do yeah. like one thing that they said that i thought was absolutely good which i do all the time is i very much reduced to an absolute minimum the number of notifications that i receive from my oh, apps yeah. like to that's the bare... that I've been doing since I ha- since I had a smartphone. Like... Me too, me too. Like to me, that's so obvious by limiting the amount of notifications that I get. Like I get a very bare minimum of notifications. Uh, like that's a really good like practical suggestion that was kind of crammed in at the end, and we're kind of cramming yeah. it now at the end too. But like maybe we can return to it as maybe we can have a conversation Absolutely. around practical ways of using social media better. For sure. All right, buddy. I gotta get running, but this is good. Thank you. All right, pal. Enjoy dinner. All right, man. Peace.